Welcome back to the Mummy Mayhem podcast. I'm your host, Steph, first time working mum of Nate, a happy one-year-old. I'm all about family first and adjusting to the selfless life of being a mum. I'm passionate about mindfulness and filling your cup first before you fill others. I love spending my days off adventuring with Nate and just living in the moment. Welcome back to the Mummy Mayhem podcast. As I've previously mentioned, in this season, we're getting expert perspectives on a range of topics that relate to you. This week, we are lucky enough to have a midwife on the show. This is Jade. She is a qualified midwife from the Gold Coast. She has been practicing in the industry now for the last three years. Jade is such a kind and caring soul, so it makes so much sense to me that she is a midwife. Today we discuss the C word, COVID-19, and how it's affecting any pregnant mamas out there. We also chat about women-focused midwifery and Jade's current role. We bust a few myths with bringing on labor and Jade provides us with some awesome tips on getting your body ready for labor. We chat about the challenging side to midwifery, including grief and loss, and Jade gives me some great advice for any expecting mamas. I wish every midwife was more like Jade and I'm sure most of you will feel the same way after our conversation today. So grab a yummy snack and listen in to all the goss and warm and fuzzy moments we share. Hey Jade, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so pumped to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's an exciting time. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, before we get into it, I like to ask all our guests one question, which is what are you doing for self-care right now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm just spending time with, I guess, myself because we're going through like self-isolation or social distancing spending time with myself but also spending time just with my partner like just having time to ourselves doing whatever we want like we spent a few hours doing like tiktok videos (laughs) (laughs) um i guess that's like a form of self-care and we did like earth hour the other night where we just had no technology and we played like a board game that's a good I think that's a form of self-care for me right now yeah oh I love that so much Mm. and I'm very envious that your partner was willing with TikTok (laughs) because my partner is like no but I do use Nate so Nate's my TikTok buddy (laughs) yeah at first he was like no get off you're so like um He's like, you're so obsessed with it. You're just spending all your time. But then as soon as he started, like, looking at it, he was the same. Yeah. He's like, this is fun. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I guess we'll get stuck into it. For those of our audience who don't know you, um, I'd like you to tell us a bit about yourself and maybe describe yourself as a midwife and how you got into midwifery. Okay. Sure. So my name's Jade. <laughs> um, I grew up on the Gold Coast. I've lived on the Gold Coast my whole life. Um, I finished high school and I was lucky enough to know, I guess, when I was finishing school that I wanted to be a midwife. 
Um, and from there, I went straight to uni and I did my first year of nursing so I could get into midwifery that way because it's yeah. quite difficult to get straight into midwifery from high school. Mm-hmm. It's a high OP that you need. Oh. So I did nursing for a year at uni and then I transferred into midwifery and completed my three-year degree. So I was four years total at uni. And along, you know, during the three years, we were on call pretty much the whole time for women um, that would go into labour. We'd come into the hospital with them, support them through their pregnancy and their birth and postnatal period as well. Yeah. And then I did that for three years and then graduated. I then got a position in New Zealand and moved to New Zealand and worked there for about seven, six months, seven months. Wow, that's um, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty it was pretty crazy. It was a um a big move. I did it by myself as well with one of my girlfriends from uni. So it was it was pretty big but we got through it. And yeah. I ended up coming home and I got a position at the hospital I'm working at now, which is um on the Gold Coast as a tertiary hospital. Yeah. And I've been working there for two years now. Awesome. So I'm out of uni for three years in total. Cool. Yeah. Very nice. And in terms of my how I would describe myself as a midwife, I guess I would describe myself as a woman centered midwife. I'm very focused on the woman. My care is centered around the woman, um, which I think is how midwifery works, I guess. You put the woman at the forefront of their care, making sure that they're informed about, you know, what's happening. They have their choices. They know their rights. And, yeah, making sure you're non-judgmental. And, yeah, I think that. I guess would describe me. <laughs> oh, perfect. I really like the whole woman-centered vibe um, because yeah. being a mum myself, I've met a few different midwives along the way and there is definitely a few mm. different approaches that they take. So I really yeah. admire that. So that's wonderful. I just wanted to ask you a question in regards to when you were a student midwife. I was mm. un- I was unfortunate that Nate was due right at Christmas, um, originally the 3rd of January. So I couldn't actually get a student midwife. I tried all the different avenues as you do. Um, like on Facebook, there's a group. Um, but the hospital yeah. that I was birthing at, they're not allowed on that Facebook group or something. So I applied through university oh. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, but... Anyway, I wasn't lucky enough to get a student midwife, but I definitely would if I was to birth again at a different yeah. time of year <laughs> when the student yeah. was still in school. Um, yeah. From being a student midwife, I heard you mention that um, you offer support postpartum as well. What does that look like? So when we um, we um, follow women through their pregnancy, so antenatally we'll be with them during their appointments um they have our number so they can ask us any questions um, yeah. and then when you know they go into labor they'll call us and let us know we'll come in for supporting them help support them and then postnatally as well i guess it's the same thing if they have any questions that they want to ask or they're not sure who to ask or if they're not sure if something is normal 
they can ask us that. We also will come to their appointments with them postnatally. So we try to come to the home visiting midwife appointment yeah. um, and also the like GP appointment. But mm-hmm. I think postnatally it's more so the, just the being there for them if they have any questions because it's tricky, especially if it's your first time, you know, your first baby, mm-hmm. lots of women feel like things aren't normal. But having someone reassure them that it's actually something normal and it's a normal thing that occurs is really helpful. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. um, yeah, it's quite, it's pretty sad. About, I think they're getting better at taking women, like you said, you know, you're birthing around December time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's also to do with the student as well. Like, I know when I was, like, when I was at at uni, I had women who birthed outside of the. Um, and I was that was just up to me I said yeah I will take them and I will be on call for them so I think it's it depends on the student um as well but I think they're getting a bit better I know that some have I have noticed recently that people are coming in when it's not the term I guess or the set time period yeah yeah okay cool that makes a lot of sense as well yeah, the best way for women if they want students, depending on your hospital, mm-hmm. um, is just to speak to the midwife that you, I guess, do your appointments with, especially if it's the first appointment at the hospital, like you're booking an appointment. They At my hospital, we always offer it to women if they want a student midwife. Yeah. Um, but if they haven't offered that, I think bringing that up if you do want a student is a really is a good time to do it at your first booking an appointment yeah yeah perfect that's a great yeah. idea yeah I'll do that next time <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so talking about um your tertiary hospital that you're in now um do you mm-hmm. work in a specific department within midwifery or do you rotate like how does it work for you yeah so I at the moment, I'm working on the postnatal ward, but I do rotate. So about a month ago, I was on birth suite. And then last year, over Christmas, I was in the antenatal clinic. So we do rotate or we try to rotate. There are some midwives who are predominantly, you know, they always stay on the postnatal ward or they're always in birth suite. But we yeah. are try- they try to encourage us to rotate because you're broadening your scope of practice if you're you know working in every area rather than staying in one area your skills become I guess weaker in other areas you're not working in yeah yeah that's true yeah that's cool Mm -hmm. um so the postnatal is that like hours after after they've had your baby yeah yeah so it's um so they they've had their baby they usually stay in the birth suite for about two hours after they've had their baby mm-hmm. and then they'll come up to the postnatal ward and depending on the type of birth they've had they will either stay for they can stay for 24 hours for two days or if it's the cesarean up to three days or three nights I guess yeah um, but obviously if they need to stay for longer then that's okay as well we also have the option at my hospital for six hours discharge so once you've had your baby if it's normal low risk and you know it's 
good for women who it's like their second or third baby and they feel confident with breastfeeding and they yeah. feel comfortable going home they have that option after the six hours um of birth to go home yeah perfect. and then they have their the home visiting midwives that will come and see them in the community yeah I love that that's so awesome I like that there's a lot of uh options for mums as well yeah so- because it's definitely not a case of one um, practice. No. It's all. Yeah. yeah. It's not a one fits all. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's different and individual. So it's good that there's different options there. Mm, definitely. I want to start chatting about what's going on in the world right now. The dreaded yeah. COVID-19. Yeah. How has that changed your working environment so far? Um, on the postmate, I guess because it's such, um, I, yeah, it is such a big, you know, pandemic at the moment. The hospitals are doing everything they can to prepare us for, I guess, not worst case, but just if the cases do keep growing and we do become, it's more common to be looking after people who have, who have coronavirus or COVID-19. So they're preparing us in that sense. We've been having lots of um, in-services, which is when we are at work, people will come around and they're showing us, you know, the appropriate um, PPE to wear when you're caring for women who may have um, COVID-19 or if they've confirmed cases of COVID-19. Yeah. Um, on the postnatal ward, we have negative pressure rooms or rooms that they're yeah they're negative pressure so they're for women who have an infectious disease um they they circulate the air within that room so it's not getting circulated out through the usual hospital system it's done a different way so it's to reduce the spread i guess of their the infection oh wow so on the postnatal ward we only have two of those rooms Um, We have about 48 rooms on the postnatal ward, but we only have two that are the negative pressure rooms. Mm -hmm. So we ideally are saving those if we get any confirmed cases for women who have just had their baby to go in there. But um, there's talk or we may have to, we may possibly have to split our ward into two if it becomes that severe where, well, not that severe, but that, I guess if the cases grow, mm-hmm. that we have multiple women at a time that have it, we may have to split the ward into um, uh, COVID-19 and then uh, not like women who aren't infected. Yeah, right. Wow. So many things yeah. to consider right now. I hadn't even thought of that aspect as well. Yeah. yeah. For also the hospitals are limiting support people as well that, and visitors that come in to visit women. So I believe that they're recommending one support person during labour and birth. And also, um, and that just means that's the same person. You can't like swap and change like halfway. They're saying once that one person's in, that's the support person that has to stay with you. And it's the same on the postnatal ward as well. Like we don't, we're we're not um the hospital has made the decision to restrict visitors so it's only the one person allowed to come while you're on the postnatal ward as well which is very different obviously to how it has been because Mm. usually we have lots of visitors coming in and out but now um we're just not allowing it because 
it's better, it's safer anyway for women and for support people or people coming to visit. Um, you don't want to be coming to the hospital if it's not extremely necessary. Yeah, very true. Very true as well. Yeah. That would be so hard. I had three people in my, yeah. my I have my mum, my partner and then the midwife. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I needed them you, all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like at the, yeah, we usually don't have a set number of people that you can have, especially during labour and birth. We allow as many people as the woman wants in the space if it's safe. And um, yeah. But, yeah, I think the Queensland Health or the, the, the state, Queensland state guidelines is recommending or suggesting one person, but it could be, um, you know, every hospital is different. So yeah. the best way to, I guess, identify what your hospital has um, outlined is by just asking someone at your hospital yeah and being prepared especially if it's coming up to your due date or you're you know you're close to having a baby or you you will be having a baby during this time it's good to um yeah plan ahead and be aware of what your hospitals how they've changed their protocols yeah definitely so important so I guess another thing would be once this all passes what positive yeah. outcomes can you see happening for the midwifery industry, especially in Queensland? Well, that's a good question. I'm hoping at this currently within Queensland, there's very few um, options for women in terms of where they would like to birth. I know obviously there's the hospital system. Women can come and have their babies and their antenatal care through the hospital. Um, there's also a birth centre available um, at the hospital on the Gold Coast that women yeah. can birth through as well. But there's very limited access to private midwives for women who would like a home birth. And even if women do want a home birth, it costs quite a lot because they're, um, it's not all Medicare eligible. You do get some Medicare rebates, but it's not completely covered. So yeah. women are out of pocket a lot if they choose to have a home birth. So I'm hoping that this pandemic or changes from the COVID-19 will, I guess, it will help the um, systems to realise that maybe um, that women who are well and pregnant and they're just having their babies uh, they don't need to come to the hospital to have their babies and that they can stay home in their own environment that's safe and give birth with a, um, you know, with a registered midwife and someone who's skilled in that area. And it yeah. just is, I, I think that that is hopefully going to be a positive change that comes about mm-hmm. that, um, the, yeah, the state recognize that not all women need to birth at the hospital and that um, women should have the choice to birth at home and not have to pay thousands of dollars to have that choice yeah I agree that's that's definitely a positive outcome that hopefully comes from all of this I think as well you know women especially now they're very anxious about coming to the hospital, which is totally understandable. They're putting themselves at risk and their baby at risk by coming to the hospital. Yeah. And there's talk, you know, um, 
women are considering free birth, which is um, where they will have their baby at home with no, I guess, midwife present, which has its risks as well. Mm -hmm. So if we can meet women and, you know, we can give women that option and that choice to birth with a registered midwife at home, it will, yeah, it will help a lot of people. Yeah, definitely, for sure. That that's a positive thing to come out of all of this. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on now. Um, I'm wanting to chat about a few juicy topics. So let's okay. <laughs> let's talk about birth suite. So, um, what types of labors have you experienced so far? Um, I would say I've experienced quite a lot yeah. <laughs> um, of a variety of different ones. You know, um, mm-hmm. I've experienced, you know, cesarean sections, both elective and emergency cesareans. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experienced normal births on land. I've experienced water birth, um, birthing in the shower, birthing wherever they like. Um, I've also <laughs> then been present for you know instrumental births as well so forceps or vacuum yeah so experienced quite a I'd say you know the whole range from water birth normal physiological to um elective cesareans so yeah yeah and obviously in in between them there's a whole variety of uh different because every woman's birth will be different and individual to them yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that leads me into asking, what is one unfor- unforgettable experience um, that you've been through so far in the birthing suite? Oh, um, <laughs> that's a good question. There's so <laughs> many that there's so many that come to mind. You know, um, you know, recently I was looking after a woman who I had already met antenatally I did her um antenatal class so we had had already met each other and was her first baby she just came in she didn't really know if she was in labor or too much of what was happening um Mm -hmm. and then you know she was just sort of experiencing the first early signs of labor but she wasn't too convinced that she was in active labor but yeah. She was about five or six centimetres when she came in. Oh, and my gosh. she just proceeded to have, you know, the most amazing water birth that um, I guess that was something that I guess was uh, unforgettable. It was a really memorable birth because we already had met each other. We already knew. I knew that she was informed of everything we had spoken about in the antenatal class and we'd yeah. been able to discuss her what she'd want for her birth and we yeah went from there and she had a really nice water birth and it was yeah it was really beautiful oh that's so nice I love that that yeah Yeah. all the warm and fuzzy vibes (laughs) (laughs) yeah I actually I yeah, I made a really good bond with my midwife as well. When yeah. I was, I was, I birthed at the Gold Coast University Hospital in the birthing suite. Yeah. And I was induced uh, at 38 weeks. And yeah. the lady that I met 
she, I don't know, we just clicked straight away. And because I was induced with the drip, she had to be in the room most of the, well, pretty much all of the time with me. So I, all the time. I yeah. actually really liked that because a lot of my mm-hmm. friends um, who birthed more naturally or um, different in a different way, they didn't mm-hmm. have the constant midwife support. And I just got to know yeah. another person and yeah, we just clicked yeah. really well. So that was really awesome. But she told me the whole time, um, you know, first labor being induced um, usually is going to take a long time. So I probably won't get to meet your little one when he arrives. And I was like, heartbroken. Yeah. So is that yeah. hard as well? So you're doing your shift and then the shift's over and they haven't given birth. Yeah, it is really hard. Um you, especially when you, you know, you develop this really, you develop a bond with the woman really quickly and it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to explain unless you're in the situation, either the woman or the midwife. But yeah. when you're there supporting women throughout this time, it's, you do form a relationship really quickly. So it can be very sad when you leave. But um, I know if I'm... You know, I will stay if I'm if I, if a woman is close to birthing. I will stay and support them mm-hmm. and be there as support people um, until yeah. they're you know until they have their baby. They'll they'll have the midwife that comes in for that shift, and I'll just remain as support. But um, obviously, it's not always possible, especially for women who aren't close to having their babies. But mm-hmm. we always, I mean, in my for me personally I'll always check in and see how the woman went and if I have time I'll go up and see them on the postnatal ward as well that's so cute I love that yeah nice look at you above and beyond I really like that I was (laughs) I ended up being um lucky my midwife's name was Kayla and my birth was much quicker than they predicted and she got to yeah. meet Nate. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So nice. It is. It's always a good surprise when it happens that way. And, you know, you can, it's, it's a really good, I guess, um, indicator or it shows us how individualized every woman is because we can go in expecting one thing and a woman will completely surprise you and do the complete opposite. Yeah. So you'll go in and expect, oh, I'm not going to, I may not be here for the birth of that baby, but then, you know, two hours later the baby's born and you're like, okay, I wasn't (laughs) expecting that. But it really does show you that, um, yeah, it's not, you know, no one's ever going to be the same and no woman, no two women will have the same birth experience. Yeah, yeah. That's really exciting and that is what makes me, a lot of people are scared to give birth and, um that's the part that they dread the most and I really liked first time mum being oblivious to what I was about to go through you know (laughs) just have no idea and I didn't do any research I didn't go and look at birth videos because I didn't want to but I went to the um the antenatal appointments at the hospital and learned all about the different yeah different ways you can birth and support and yeah all that stuff, pain relief, all of that. Yeah. But I just yeah, yeah. really had no idea, which was exciting. But now if I have yeah. another baby, I'm a bit like, hmm, <laughs> I'm going to know yeah. what I'm in for. <laughs> but yeah, I think time, that, yeah. No, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, I think, um, yeah, being a first baby, there's two ways to go about it. Like you said, like you, 
don't you know you're not going to look in you don't want to look into all the possibilities and you don't want to watch best videos and then there's the other option or the other um route where you prepare yourself completely and know all your options and Mm. know all the possibilities but I guess once you've had your first baby you do tend to have a good understanding or you know how your body reacts and you know how it feels to have a baby yeah but in in your case with being induced you may find if you have your next baby and it's not induced it will be completely different yeah I agree I I have no idea what to expect and like this one was such a quick birth you know for a first-time mum it was Mm. all under six hours and then to go from that to a natural water birth is the goal that's what I wanted last time um so to go to that it could be like a 24-hour labor it could be longer I could have to have an epi like (laughs) there's so many Mm. possibilities yeah all part of the process but that's exciting for me and that makes me want to have more babies (laughs) yeah it's good to be excited you know having um it's very common you know for women to be fearful and I think it's the way you know even for myself when I I remember when I was I think I was even in primary school and I was like I don't want to have a baby it's gonna hurt I'm so scared like I was so fearful Mm -hmm. and it's just the thing that is instilled from such a young age of being fearful of labor and birth it's going to hurt it's going to be painful it's going to be excruciating like I can't do it but I think it's really important for women to try to work on their own empowerment and to view it in a kind of a different way from yeah it may it is going to be intense and it's going to be um hard but if you view it in the sense of it has its purpose and it's it's got you know the pain is from your body bringing your baby down your body birthing your baby yeah yeah if you view it in a positive outlook and you know that this has you know the contractions are there for a reason and try to view it that way I think hopefully it helps I mean I haven't had a baby so when I have a baby I will let you know (laughs) um it does yeah yeah Yeah, 100% it does I remember the same sort of thing it was like um, you know, like every contraction is a step closer yeah. to Nate being born. Yeah. And that's how I looked at it. Yeah. And, you know, I, there was times where I was like, look, just end my life now. Like I'm done. Like yeah. I just, I don't know. What yeah. is this? I can't do this. Like I had those <laughs> thoughts. Um, but yeah. then when I remember to just breathe through the contractions and then when there's that little break in between and you're like, okay, mm. I've done it again. Like I can do one more, yeah. one more. Like when you yeah, have that yeah. perspective rather than like looking yeah. too far ahead or, um, mm. yeah, that seemed to really help for me as well. Yeah, I think that is a very good um, outlook to have is, you know, taking every contraction one at a time and not trying to look into the future or not trying to dread the next contraction, just saying, yep. okay, that one's gone, I'll take my, you know, and I'll take my time now to prepare for when the next one comes, but not being like, oh, when's the next one going to come, trying <laughs> not to dread the next one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, I'm going to ask a 
a different kind of question now. So we've talked about the positives, um, but what is the hardest part of being a midwife? So maybe something that no one talks about or something that you find hardest. It's mm, a good question. I think that every job has its ups and its downs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for being a midwife, it is so... You're so emotionally invested in, well, for myself, I feel I find myself very emotionally invested in the care that women receive and also the, you know, just invested in what the women want. And I really try to advocate for that and I really try or I really hope that the women get what they want out of their birth. And it's very hard or it's it's really hard when things don't go the way the woman may have planned or Mm. when things happen and it, you know, the situation turns into an emergency. Mm. Dealing with those sorts of things in the moment, you could just deal with it because you know you have to deal with it. It's an emergency. This is what you have to do. But afterwards I feel you find you get that emotional like, the heaviness and um yeah it can be very draining so being a midwife it's really good you know it's really important to practice self-care and to um yeah be very reflective in your practice and reflect on what just happened and take the positives out of it because sometimes you can feel like there were no positives but there were always you know focusing on what you did that woman or even you know how you help that woman even if it was just in something you said to her or the way you made her feel that Mm -hmm. is a positive that you take away from that yeah even if it went completely different to how the woman wanted it or you thought you thought it was going to go yeah I think just knowing as well that you can make that difference in just the way you make her feel or the way you speak to her partner Mm -hmm. things like that yeah and obviously it's hard with you go through you know you go through your loss you know you go through grief and loss um as well Mm. as a midwife dealing with loss of a pregnancy or anything terminations it's it's hard that is very hard to go through but yeah um, I can imagine yeah Mm. just for the woman you're there you try to make it it's not about me it's about her and it's about her partner it's about them and you know you don't you don't make it about yourself you're there to look after and you're there to care for the woman and give her what she needs from the situation yeah put your own beliefs or your own values on any situation it's their own it's their 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 choice their choice and their birth you know yeah what they want yeah yeah I can imagine that's um another thing I didn't really consider is that how you do go through grief and um have to deal Mm. with that hard the hard conversations and things as well so wow yeah yeah it is very difficult yeah yeah definitely would be I'm going to cut the episode there. There's still so much more to chat about. So make sure you tune in next week to hear more from Jade. 
Uh, this is a two-part episode. I also just want to say that I loved our conversation and it was so great getting to know what it's really like to be a midwife. This week's shout-out of the week goes to Kit Camp, my favourite boot camp on the Gold Coast, Northern Northern Gold Coast has just reopened. They are allowed to have 10 people per session in Pimpama. So if you are a Northern Gold Coast gal or mama and want to work out with me, send me a DM and I will get you a free trial and we can exercise together. I'm so pumped. It has been two months since I've worked out with other people and I love that the boot camp is all about empowering others, loving the skin you're in, just supporting one another really so yes kit camp make sure you follow them on instagram and send me a dm if you want to join me wow Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you took value from this, I would love for you to share it on your socials, leave a review, um, give us five stars. Even just send us a DM on Instagram at the Mummy Mayhem Podcast. We really love our audience and what we love most is that we get to interact with you in real life. So thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Say bye-bye.